This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Yeah, it's something which um, I was here. How many years ago? You, you made a Shevabrach then at the time? Angerman. Angerman, but you also, you, you went to Shevabrach. It, it was your own children, maybe, or you had some simcha at your house? I remember Friday night we went off to a family, they were making Shabbat Brachas, um, whatever. So it was very, very, I mean, I, I was kind of amazed at the scope of the operation here and uh, everything goes on here. So uh, it's. Uh, well, it's grown since then. Yeah. <laughs> it, so I just want to, it's, it's amazing to be in and see so much blossoming and so on. I mean, I, I know there are a lot of voices about the. The end of uh, outreach and Baruch Hashem, something that's really, really amazing. So, Yashikach. I, I wasn't quite sure. One of the things is when you want to address something that's theoretical, theories are theoretical everywhere. But we want to speak about something practical. Every place has its own dynamics. And since we're speaking for, I guess it's Atziba that's very personally involved here, I, I'll, I'll, I'll speak about something which I guess I can relate to myself. Um, I'm in the teaching profession, and some of the issues and problems dovetail in terms of personal inspiration, in terms of burnout, and in the big picture, and so on. And I want to speak about a certain angle of it, a certain akuda, um, and maybe some approach that would work for us. Um, I want to start, first of all, with a um, an interesting parish in the Torah. Avram Avinu was the first Marbitz, Das Hashem, and Avas Hashem, Yers Hashem, Torah, and so on. And Avram was very disappointed. He told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Matitali, and domestic Basi is the one that's going to in um, to Yashin me. Uh, again, how am I, with Hebrew and Yiddish words, okay? Or the Olam is okay with? Or if, if, if there are any words... So, so if you can, if you can cue me what needs the translation, I don't want to do Moses. I, I, <laughs> my sense is that that's not where we're at here. So, but but I I, I, I do. Um, okay, good. So it says by um, the, the uh, Avram Avinu told the Kodesh Baruch Hu, I am. What are you giving me? It's worthless because Damesic Basi is the one who is my Damesic Basi facilities manager. Is, is the one who is going to <laughs> inherit me. And what's the point of it? Now, Rashi says, Damesic. Yeah, the servant Eliezer. I took a liberty. It's, it's, it's not the Oscar translation, I'm sorry. <laughs> I took some liberty with that one. <laughs> and, um, um, you know, what's the point of it? He's going to Yashmi. So, so one assumes there's, it's a pejorative term, kind of. Eliezer is not a great especially a great person, he's, he's a grandson of Canaan, nothing, nothing special. Chazal Darshan, Damascal Yezer, is Dola Umashkim Tehosof Sorabo. He's somebody who gave over his Rebbe's Torah. Dola Umashka is very positive <coughs> terms. He draws deep from his, from his master's Torah and dispenses it. So I understand you want a child, but, 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 but he's, he's putting him down. He's saying, all you give me is Eliezer, who is what? A great Talmud who gives everything and, and speaks to everyone. So, so what's the problem over there? And, 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 and yes, I want a child instead. Well, 
where's that coming? Was a child going to do more than Eliezer? That's a point that I think is going to be uh, um, it's going to be revealing in terms of where we're supposed to be headed, where we're supposed to be going with it. I want to make another point about teaching, about being Marbet's Torah in general. This Torah Shabbat Sabbat Torah Shabbat Peh. We have Torah that's written, 24 Sfarim, and we have Torah that's oral. There are a lot of practical reasons why Torah could not have been all written down. Simply because just the volume of it, the seeming endlessness of it, every generation brings more and more Sfarim that are Torah, they are Torah Shabbat that's what they are, they, they're, they're, they're a constant um, development of, of more questions, more insights, um, back again questions and so on, but, um, but I, I would like to understand that Torah, the reason it's given in two parts, <coughs> is not just for the sake of practicality. Torah Shabbat Torah Shabbat is way too much written in Chazal about the um, the the extra qualities of Torah Shabbat Peh. It says it's a bris ashakarosi al piatvorma the covenant that I forged based on these words. And Chazal say words means means um, oral expression rather than written. The forging of the covenant of Torah was more on the Baal Peh than on the than on the um, Iksav. So, if Torah Shabbat Peh is just kind of the leftover stuff that couldn't fit into the, into the books, it's hard to say that that's where he would forge a covenant with. He would forge a covenant with the written word, and yes, there's spillover in, in, in what can't be written out. There, there are many, many, many chazal where it's clear that there, is, there are certain elements of Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral law, that supersede the written law in significance and importance and so on. So we're, we're going to try to explore a little bit what is the, um, what's the process of giving over Torah. And if, I mean, by giving over Torah, I mean the process of inspiring, the process of um, transmitting the, the belief, the sense of it, and, and the identification with it. There's an Orachayim, and he says as follows. It's a Pasuk at the end, it's a, it's a group of Pesukim at the end of Baloscha, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, speaks to Moshe, and to Aaron, and to Miriam, and explains to them how much, how could they belittle Moshe? They accused Moshe of uh, leaving his wife for no good reason, and so on, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is explains to them in a very stern way the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu's prophecy and their prophecy. Moshe stands in a class of his own. And he describes it. And he says the following. He says, He says like this. Um, as far as all other prophets, Shimon Advarai, Hashem says, listen to what I have to say. Im neviachem, Hashem b'mara elav esvada. If you have a prophet, I Hashem will appear to him in a vision. I'll speak to him in a dream. Not so Moshe, who is trusted in my entire quote-unquote house. In other words, in all of Akadosh Baruch who has 
he Moshe is trusted totally. Pe el pe adabbo. I will speak the mouth to mouth. Umara velo bechidos. He will see it plainly and not in riddles. Smunas Hashem Yabit. I want to zero in on the word which Rochaim Hakadosh does. What does it mean? Pe el pe adaber. When I speak to somebody directly, I assume he's listening with his ma- with his ears, not with his mouth. What does it mean? Mouth to mouth. It's, it's mouth to ear. If I want to contrast it with a vision where you see something, you're not sure what you're seeing, you can say, I explicitly tell him everything. Uh, a prophet has a vision, and, and it implies certain things. Uh, Moshe is told, and it's explicit. But what does it mean? What's the metaphor mouth to mouth? So the Arachayim says here something that's really extraordinary. He says... Um, the Pusik is very specific when it says mouth to mouth and not mouth to ear. When if you if you can pick up the words in Malachim, it says a heart that listens, you'll understand what I mean. Vizui, it's as follows. It is a level of prophecy that is superseded by none. It's as if the soul of the prophet becomes bound up with the source of prophecy, which is God. And the nevuah gets transmitted mouth to mouth. It says, I don't speak to him, but I speak through him, in him. That's the Rechaim. So, if, if I can use a marshal, a contemporary, a bit of a contemporary marshal for Rechaim, when you try to record something um, from, from, from a, from a record a cassette uh, or, or whatever you can you can play the you can play the tape or whatever you have and have a microphone and record it that recording is okay good sometimes very good you can take a cable and record um you know signal to signal that in a certain sense is perfect because it hasn't gone through it hasn't gone through the pers- through the other instruments reception process and then processed by it with all the little issues that crop up with it. It goes straight from point to point. The mouth of a person is the place of life. Um, it and and breathing, halachically breathing is what determines a person's life and 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 therefore his nose and mouth are of means whatever it is that who however he gave life, it's described as something coming from the mouth. The, there's a, 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 an expression, the Zohar, which the Tanya brings, and and not clear. It's funny. Many bring it. It's not exact. It's not the exact way. The, Tanya, <coughs> the, the Zohar says it, but it's it's become a stock expression. Man de nofach midilei nofach. When you when you breathe out, you're breathing out yourself. Um, it's not when you do an action; it is of you. 
from you. When, when you breathe, that is self, because that's as close to the life force of a person as you can get. So when it says, Vayipach Be'apov, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did an act that was called not forming, not even creating, but um, um, in, uh, in uh, exhaling into, breathing into, that is an act of giving something as close from the source as possible, as directly as possible. Everything God made is because He decided and wanted to make it and so on. But if, if to ask ourselves what represents most closely the essence, it's a person's life. Because the, the terminology used to describe that is it came from the mouth of into that. The Vayipach Be'apov is so Akashbar gives life. When we resuscitate someone, and um, we also use a mouth-to-mouth, even though today the other forms of CPR, but, but we need to give a person oxygen, um, breathing down is, is the way we do it. The Navi, it says by, by, by Elisha, when, when he revived the Ben Ashunamis, it says that he put his body in his body and his mouth in his mouth. So the Rabag and the Mitsuda say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was as, the Navi was as if giving some of his life into the other life. If I can give another muscle that's used in Chazal, it's like when you light a candle from a candle, it's not a step from a step. You're sort of taking its heat and igniting your thing as well. So we have an extraordinary process that is the process of a transmission. You can transmit things um, step, you know, from output to input to output to input. And that's sort of like, that goes, that loses something to step. And then you can sort of attach the essence to the essence. And it, it just like you'd move over a, a, an entire hard drive with a cable to another hard drive, and you get it, a replica of the first one because it is the first one. Th- those are two ways of doing it. Anything that goes through the process, through that direct process, is... Um, it, that's, that's Dibur at its best. And that's why Torah Shebaal Peh is superior in that way to Torah Shebaal because anything that's written tends to be more precise and, and, and it, it, it's, its advantage is its precision. The, there's a clarity. When you see something in writing, it's clear. It, it can be clear. It can be sharp, precise. It lasts. It doesn't it, it, it has many, many pluses. The one thing it doesn't have is you can't breathe that life into the recipient. You can write a book that's powerful, that's, that's moving, that's informing, but there's something about inspiration, like when, you, you know, they, 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 when somebody inspires, it's, it, it's, it's almost as if he's breathing life into you. I want to use a phrase that always has moved me tremendously. Revolver in his Revolver was a big bombus in Israel. And again, if you're not familiar with the names, please tell me. It's nice to know who one's talking about. He um, was a German student. He was about Shuva before he invented the term. His parents, his father was actually reform. His mother was, I think, more traditional. He was a student at a university with very little education, and then um, came to the Mir. A friend of his dragged to the Mir Yeshiva. He was, he was, his life was changed by um, Rabbi Yerucham. 
he was a Talmud two or three years by Rucham, Rucham passed away. He learned a little longer than Yeshiva. He ended up in Atisrol, had Yeshiva, and, and the last decade, two, two decades of his life, he basically spoke in many places. He was a big Baal Musser, an extraordinary speaker, thinker, very, very extraordinary person. And in his, in his first Sefer that he wrote in Ali Shur, he writes, he actually was written anonymously at the time, and he writes about himself sort of in third person. He says, the author of this book was a young boy when he came upon, when, he, when by chance was, 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 uh, came into the presence of the great teacher of Yerucham, and he describes him, the description of him is, Mechaya Mesim B'Ma'amoro, someone who could resurrect, resurrect dead people with his words. It's a takeoff from Reza, Mechaya Mesim B'Ma'amoro. But that, that, that description to me was so extraordinary. Um, in other words, his words had the power to breathe life in you. Um, that's a koach that is the essence of Torah, because the, in as much as Torah is something living, it will only be able, you can only communicate that spark of life when from life itself. And that's why all the mounted books are wonderful, videos are wonderful, everything is wonderful. But to light that light, to give over the neshama of Torah, it's only with Diburim. And because that's the way it is. If it, the pale pal boy is the process that allows it to happen. Why isn't that yeah. the written word taking place of that? The written word, let's say, was originally spoken. The person can be really inspired by reading <coughs> something in a cipher. It's not possible you can be inspired. As inspired by a spoken word. Uh, you know, but there's a there's a rad- it, it it pushes a person. It mo- it moves a person, and it can have some of the qualities. But I don't. I honestly don't think that it has the quality of, of, of the person himself. I, I, as a side remark, nothing, not, not relevant to the main thrust of what was, what was being met, um, I, I once heard, some event happened at Israel many years ago in our neighborhood, a terrible tragedy, um, a human tragedy, and we had a few big rabbonim come and address the, the Olam, Rav Gifta said, the tragedy of our generation is that is me pisfar and volum with pisofrim. It's everybody learns from books, but you don't have that contact with Rosh Hashiva that you had, where you could learn the intangibles. And he said in, in tells, uh, you know, Gifta he had this very stern voice in tells. He said the rav had a house, and you there were two entrances. When you came to speak to him, learning, which was usually what you did, was you came through the entrance to his study, and that was that. Then, every so often, you know, once, twice a year, you would come to visit him, you would come into the house. And you got to see the Rosh Hashiva as the head of a household, not just as a, um, y- yeah. And, and he said, we don't have it today. And that's why it's a piece of Lupi Seifrim. There, there's just, um, it's true that some people have more of a core that they can give in, they can give some of it, that's true, but again, it's, at the end of the day, th- there's something about human contact that, that is unique, and I think it comes from here, this is the marker, this, this is the idea we're talking about. So that would justify that videos and audio cassettes don't take the place of hearing it directly from the person, even if you hear the same words, even if you see the face. Correct, even if you see the face, unless, if the person is talking directly to you, in other words, it is a conversation to you, 
So maybe a video could do it, you know, Skype could do it, because there's a certain imminence where we're connecting. When I speak into, I, I, I do some shurim um, online, and they told me actually, Aish, that I should always have a person sitting there. They said it is very different when somebody is sitting and you're talking to him or you're talking to a thing. Um, you know, it's the it, it, it's true. There's there's a and there's and, and there's a chibur. The flip side, I I know, I guess as an aside, I kind of I, I don't know how like can we ander a bit. Um, my we had a neighbor in in America. I went growing up Lori side. My father was a shamus of a shul. My father had learned yeshivas. He was ben Torah. The war survivor. He lost family war. But at any rate, we I grew up Lori side, and there were tens and tens and tens of thousands of families. Most of them, um, I guess, orthodox by a clerician or clichény kind of. They were cooked in an orthodox pattern. That's why they were orthodox, basically. <laughs> they, they, their parents or grandparents were orthodox. They had very little education, very little emotional contact, but they were, you know, fairly practicing. There was one person who lived across the, from the shul. He would come into the shul quite often, Daven. He had been an officer, um, a Prussian officer. If anybody knows what Prussia is, Prussia was part of Germany, the, the spitzy part of Germany before Germany was Germany, and he was an officer, Prussian officer in World War I, and also university educated, which was quite accomplished for a person. And he was, you know, part of Shul, he would come to Shul, but he was not terribly believing or anything. And he told my father, you know, he comes sometimes sits in a shiurim, doesn't see the point to them, the, the, the rabbis quibble about a penny here, a penny there, and this and that. And... And so my father didn't have, I mean, no, my father was a friend, he was very nice, they're very nice people, aristocratic people, but there wasn't, they were, he wasn't going anywhere. At the age of 80, he wasn't going anywhere. And one day I told my father, but if you really want to see something that's emis, you know, come with me Friday night. The Capitian Rebbe had a tish on the lower side. He had a little shtibel. And the shtibel was a dump someplace, a basement somewhere. There were, believe me, there was nothing going on much. My father said, fine, he was curious to see who was this, who, either this person must be the tremendous intellectual or great magnificent art or, or whatever it is that's taking this man that and they come into a basement someplace to a shabby little basement and there's a dozen people sitting around a table Pritchard Tzurebbe had a tremendous heart upon him he was, he was a he was a malachtika person he really was somebody very unique and but the Tish his son father described to me there were 14, 15 people sitting around a table drinking a little beer and singing singing a funagunim and the Rebbe spoke very softly and uh, you know it's, it just was very not, not my father's style <laughs> At any rate, when they walk back home, he turns to my father and says, "No, now you see what I mean." And my father was was stunned, like like he he didn't he, but there was something there that there was something in the presence of a person who was uh, um, H. Kodesh who, who who had that to himself that there was there was a certain pale pet that came by, and uh, it doesn't take the place of doing it pale ozen, but it but it but pale ozen doesn't always take the place of that either. I used to have, I mean, I used to, Reb Noach was very, it's kind of rough, I, I taught in Shittar for seven years, Reb Noach was very, very insistent on learning for the arguments and for it ways and the success <coughs> and that, that, and that's what, and, and he would attribute his success to that. I once told him, Reb Noach, with all due respect, if you would read the phone book out loud, you would probably make 50% of the people <laughs> do anyway. I said, it has, it has a lot more to do with you than the arguments and everything else. The, the, when people met Reb Noach, there was a feeling, if there's an if there's a snare boer, this is it. 
in, in, in terms of many parts of himself, in, in terms of the passion, in terms of the goodness, in terms of the godliness. And, you know, the, 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 those were things that were, it, that was his chiyas. Let's go back to the point, I guess, where we were trying to go to. So, so if we're talking about a unique element that is absolutely not only necessary, but it's the essence of a person who is being marvitz Torah, who's reaching out, who, who this is his metzias, it's going to be the metzias of chius. If the person's, what? A, a certain sense of living, livelihood, living it, and so on. I want to describe a difference between, ha, what's the difference between things that are animate and inanimate? Many, many differences. Um, I can, they would drill into my head in general science. I can probably go through them again. Locomotion, uh, respiration, and so on. But the, the really, if, now that we're a lambdan, we'll, we'll go back to it as a lambdan. The difference between something animate and inanimate is an, a, an inanimate thing exists today because it existed yesterday. Why is this rock here? Because nobody bothered to remove it. That's the only reason for it. It's a, it, it, it exists because it exists. Um, if something outside will change, it'll change. If somebody is living, the answer of why he's alive today is not because he was alive yesterday. It, it, the body is constant flux, and if the body stops, it's dead. It needs a reason now, because cells are, are manufacturing this, taking it this, um, getting rid of that, and so on. So, so the animate is there because of the now, and not because of the yesterday. If, if that's a, the, the, in Torah you find the word mayim chayim, living water, quote-unquote, means a stream that's in constant motion, as opposed to something that is in one place. Something in one place is fixed. The waters that were here yesterday are here today, and they will probably be here tomorrow. A mayim chayim, mayim chayim is water that is constantly flowing. What's here now was not here yesterday, and won't be here tomorrow, and won't be here in a minute from now. The, the life is something which is going to be um, changing constantly. If a person's Yiddishkeit is described as living, it can't be um, living off what was yesterday. In other words, if a person does not continue to grow himself, and now in terms of keeping mitzvahs, I mean, basically, we're all keeping tired mitzvahs. We can do better a lot. But that's not really, for most of us who are pretty much there, that's not where it's going to go. It will probably be in the realm of studying, of Torah. Um, it's one of the things, and I can tell you as a teacher, um, it's a, the Yetzirah is to spend any spare time that you have, and precious little of it, to prepare. 